Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, CMO combo, CMO combo, CMO combo. Whether you're listening in the cold of winter or relaxing in a balmy summer, there are some things that are true about marketing all year round. One of these truths is that for brand messaging to be effective, it needs to build a connection with your audience. And the best way to do this is ensuring empathy is encoded in your brand's DNA. Miri Rodriguez, senior storyteller at Microsoft and best-selling author of Brand Storytelling, joins us on the show to show how you can keep humanity and empathy front and center in a world of data, digitalization, and AI tech. Hi, Mary. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? Hey, Will. I'm so excited to be here, have this conversation with you. Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited. I'm doing well. Well, thank you for joining us. It's a it's a topic that I think is very important right now with everything that's going on in marketing, new technologies, new processes, the pressures that CMOs are under. It feels yeah. like there isn't really space for empathy in marketing anymore, but I'm very excited to have a conversation with you about why it's so important to remember. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely always space. So I'm excited to have this conversation and hopefully create a uh, you know, a conversation that brings inspiration to CMOs around the world about how to implement this very tool, because I see it as a tool, uh, into our everyday practice um, at the level that, you know, that customers expect. Awesome. Awesome. So before we do get into that inspiring stuff, Mary, maybe you could introduce yourself to the audience, tell us a bit about yourself. And yeah, um, again, why this topic is so important today that we're talking about. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm, I'm Miri Rodriguez. I, I live in the States and specifically in the state of Florida. I'm originally from Venezuela. I like to say that because, uh, you know, I, I love to always uh, talk about my roots. And I'm currently working at Microsoft as a senior storyteller for health and public services industry. I've been doing storytelling professionally at Microsoft for six years in different uh, verticals of the business. Uh, aside from that, I own a company, uh, Be Mindful, Be Happy. Uh, I do uh, um, sorry, I own the company, Be Mindful, Be Happy, and I actually do consulting with brands all over the world, mom and pop companies, all the way up to uh, Fortune 500 companies on this very subject on uh, how to lead with empathy and how to um, use this tool to drive business forward. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, let's start off with, it might seem a bit elementary to go with this route, but let's let's define what we mean by uh, by empathy in this context, because Obviously, people have an understanding of how empathy works in terms of like interacting with their friends and other people, yeah. that kind of thing. But what do we yeah. mean by empathy in sort of a marketing and business context? Yeah, you know, it's a great question because we know, you know, defining empathy in general, it is the ability to sense, understand, uh, share the emotions of others. And so when we bring that into the business context, it really just simplifies under uh, understanding the landscape of the market and where our customers are sitting uh, at the emotional level. How are they feeling in this landscape today? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and it, it's not just about like, are they happy or sad? But it's like the frustrations they're having as well. And that can mean all kinds of different things, like not just to do with like the problems they're facing, but also like how they want to purchase things, for example, that kind of thing. Like there's all different things that go into empathy. The trends that we're seeing uh, at the consumer level, right? They tell us, uh, they tell us how uh, their feelings are driving. We know, we know a very basic uh, idea that consumers purchase uh, emotionally, then they then they uh, use logic, right, to justify their purchase. So we know that from the beginning. Um, and but we forget sometimes that these trends are telling us these behaviors that our consumers uh, are are taking and where that is driving the market versus us on the other side, trying to drive the market. So there's a gap here. Uh, and sometimes we forget that. Definitely, definitely. And and there's sort of like, 
I see it as there being sort of two sides to a CMO's role in encoding empathy into into the brand messaging, into the, the way a brand presents itself. A, it's how you connect with the customers, but also there's instilling that kind of belief into your employees, whether that's customer facing people or not. Like you need to have empathy to really have a passion for the work that you're doing to really want to actually serve the customers, which is obviously what you want from your employees at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I would call out that for me, when I actually started this work, I didn't know that you can, you know, empathy was a skill set. I actually thought that it was just a personality trait. You're either born an empath or you're not. And I'm not born an empath. So I was just like, oh, this work is not cut out for me personally. (laughs) And so I have seen the transformation, the personal transformation, actually during the digital transformation era, because I started this when when Microsoft was actually digitally transforming internally. And that was a, a very raw way to experience this empathy that I'm talking about when creating content that was relevant to my audience and I thought it was and it wasn't because I wasn't being empathetic to them so there's there's a lot that we can learn in in our own uh sphere in our own space to say you know this level of empathy do I have it do I even consider it individually so then I can share it uh to the rest of the organization let's drill into a bit more into to sort of like training yourself to be empathetic because as you said like I think people do assume it is just like a something that some people are just naturally more empathetic than other others and I think there is a lot of like environmental and other things that go into your upbringing that causes that kind of thing. But as you say, it is a skill that can be learned. Let's drill into like maybe how you went about learning this kind of skill set. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I when I started in this work, I was brought in. I was one of three storytellers that was invited to come to the engineering organization, which is now called Microsoft Digital, uh, and moved my family from Florida all the way to Seattle. I had promised never to do that, and then we did. You know, so never say never. Um, and I was really excited, obviously, about this new line of work. We didn't have storytellers professionally; it wasn't a thing, but it became a thing internally at Microsoft as we began to digital transform. And um, I was actually in the AI and data vertical, and. And, and, and my job was to really fish out those stories uh, in this in these two areas where our engineers were actually taking our data to the cloud, becoming cloud engineers. Uh, this was new to them. They had never been cloud engineers, right? Because the cloud didn't exist before. And so I didn't I didn't stop to think about that. I didn't stop to think about the frustrations or even the, the fears, you know, of someone individ- at the individual level internally uh, at how this was happening to them where they had to evolve their role because technology w- that they were creating was here. Uh, and then I thought, wow, when I finally understood that and I'll explain how, then I was like, wow, there's a digital transfer- transformation happening to all of us but there's an individual transformation happening to all of us. And then think about the CMO role or the marketing role in general, Transformation needed to happen along with the digital transformation, not just at the operational level, but at the human hum, at the human level. And so for me, I spent the first three months doing what I had always done. You know, I, I'm like, they brought me because I know my stuff. So I'm going to go do my stuff. Right. And so I was doing exactly what I had always done. Uh, and it just wasn't landing. I was creating all kinds of different types of content. We were exploring and, you know, and, and being inspir- what I thought was inspirational. The audience that I had, particularly at that time, were IT devs. Uh, and obviously new uh, other cloud engineers outside of Microsoft. So it was from Microsoft to uh, out, outside, you know, and so we had to create content that was sharing stories about what was happening internally at Microsoft. So it was, it was a new idea uh, under the new mandate of our new CEO at the time, Satya. So when he came in, he actually talk, talked about it, but he wrote a book uh, called uh, um, Hit Refresh. And 
in the book, he talks about his own experience of not having empathy, of the lack of empathy and what it cost him in his career. And I remember when I got stuck three months in, I read the book, you know, I had read the book and I remembered his words. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not being empathetic to my audience. I don't even know how to be empathetic to my audience. Am I even empathetic? And I wasn't. Uh, I knew that from the beginning. Uh, And I started to kind of try to understand what this meant. Sensing and understanding. A lot of times we want to solve versus understand. And I just needed to understand. I needed to understand my audience deeper. I needed to ask the questions, the right questions, not just the questions. And I needed to understand how they were feeling and their why. So I took a journalistic approach to my audience. I started to ask those questions versus what I thought they wanted or they needed to hear. Uh, And it looks simple, but we forget sometimes because we come in, we're like, we know what we want. We've done the surveys. We've done the, you know, the market research. But it's it's at the moment of delivery our environments are moving so fast and they're transforming and evolving so fast that something that worked six months ago is no longer working today. So by the time we deliver that, whether it's content or strategy or ad campaign, uh, we got to do an assessment again and understand how will it land now versus when we first thought about this campaign. And so that's empathy. It's really this consistent approach to understanding, not solving. Um, and for me, I use the, the design thinking approach to do this, you know, this five-step um, idea on becoming an empath. It actually, the first step is empathy empathize with yourself and empathize with your audience and from that uh you know the results were incredible just just to name one uh we have a a evergreen content site uh that well we had it before i don't know if it still exists but in that time we did and where we we put this content out for you know that's where we delivered it and we didn't have a lot of marketing dollars to it we were engineering um unless marketing picked it up on the other side and we would get around 125,000 views you know this is just again from engineering to engineers it's not branding um we went from that to five million year over year with no ads, no ads. And it was just, you know, a, a testament of when you just pause for a second and, and and just understand where your audience is. My audience was frustrated. My audience was tired. My audience was, um, you know, fearful. My audience didn't know where this was going. And then I leveraged those feelings and those emotions to actually deliver content that mattered to them in the moment that they were feeling these things. Fantastic. I mean, that's an incredible result. Like, that's a huge amount of growth there. Um, so I'm sure a lot of the listeners, are, um, their ears are perking up now that we've heard those, those stats. <laughs> yes. um, I, th- I think one of the most important things that you, you mentioned there was just the realization that you need to ask questions about things. I think we can get so tied up in sort of like the data that we have available as marketers. Yes. We have all these assumptions we can make, we got all this training that we might have in marketing that we can get sort of like wrapped up in sort of like the idea that we know what's best and how to market yes. these people. Yes. When the first step should be, ask them, how do you want to be marketing? What kind of content do you actually appreciate? What kind of content are you going to find valuable? And and I think there there is a real, real like gold mine to be had in just having conversations with your customers. Like if not maybe not every CMO can sit down and listen to every customer call, speak to every customer that comes through, but jumping on an occasional customer call, paying attention to sort of like customer listening, using something like Gong or something like that, that can be incredibly powerful. Incredibly powerful. I love that idea and that thought. Uh, you know, one of the things that for me consistently I, I play with is how is my audience right now consuming content? Because it's not just how they like their content, how are they consuming it? Uh, for us in that very example, I played with all kinds of delivery of content formats, you know, videos, and we were playing with 
whatever was hot and trendy. Uh, and it's trendy because it's trends and it's going to pass. And so if we go for videos, I learned they don't consume, what you know, these are engineers. They like to read. They've always liked to read. So they're not watching reels, by the way, to consume their content. So we were spending all this time and this effort and these resources creating what we thought was hot and new and that, that they would consume it and they weren't. And so it's a, a very basic question today. And it's a very important question today because we're actually seeing a social, what I'm calling a social media recession. People are tired of content today. It is overwhelming. We are all tired. And so uh, we're receding. We're actually, I think year over year, 22 over 20, year 2023, uh, we saw a 13% recession of people actually on social media, going back to email to connect uh, with their peers and with their uh, partners and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, these trends come and go, your customers are either adopting or not. And you need to understand that you need to, um, that's the, the understanding part of empathy is you need to understand what they're doing and, and they're telling you, I mean, you know, you don't have to run, you know, a, a full on survey that's going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, social media actually, and people are being actively talking about things, right? So you can just use social media now, not just as a delivery channel, but as a listening tool uh, uh, to really understand what's happening specifically to your audience. Definitely, definitely. And and as you said, things can change so rapidly. I mean, new platforms are arising all the time. Certain platforms are going through trouble that might cause lots of users to leave, for example. Absolutely. Um, so you need to keep your finger on the pulse, not just on what platforms are they on, but what do they want from those platforms as well? Like I, people don't necessarily go to Instagram for the same thing they go to Twitter. People don't necessarily go, well, people definitely don't go to LinkedIn for the same stuff they go to TikTok for. Like it, they, you might... You might have your audience that's on all of these different platforms, but is the content you're putting out right for what they want on that platform? Like they might be interested in, say, content about, I'm just going to pluck something out of the air here, um, about, say, a new analytics tool, for example. But when they're scrolling through TikTok, do they necessarily want to be watching content about analytics or would they rather be watching TikTok about makeup tutorials or something, for right. example? So it's right. all about tailoring the content to the actual platform, even if they're present on all those platforms, you need to understand what their behaviors on those platforms as well. You do, and then how do they consume it? You know, it, it, it's it's how do you deliver that content today that is relevant to them? Enter AI, right? Enter AI today, and now we have not just uh, a new new channels in, on social media on digital media. Now we have a new tool, a new technology that is absolutely disrupting the space, uh, the marketing space, the communication space. Uh, and, and now, and, you know, definitely consumers are adopting it and they're playing with it. We all are. And so how does that come into the empathy factor of understanding? I would say at the CMO level, um, you know, spending time on research is very important today. Uh, you know, it's, it's this time where because AI has entered and has enabled a lot of, you know, space to create content, you can create, you know, for me, I've been playing with it since January, by the way, for my specific work. Uh, and I can tell you it's facilitated and sped up my, my, you know, my content creation so fast. Uh, in 30 seconds, I have something I've learned to prompt it in certain ways. And I've, I've been playing with it so much. And I know all of us are, but what it's done for me is be beyond that because it's, it's you know, it's taking my time. I'm taking my time back from all the things that I would have to do. Um, in terms, I can actually now research. I can bring people from other 
other verticals. And I can have the conversations that I always wish I, I could have uh, so I can create relevant content. So relevant is so important. Uh, I think we're moving away from just being inclusive because inclusive is a trend. Uh, it, inclusive is a trend now in the terms of we just want to add everybody in, but adding everybody may not be relevant to your audience. And so we have to be very careful. And that's the empathy again, playing in and pausing for a moment and going, is this what my audience needs today? Definitely, definitely. It's it's interesting you mentioned AI because I know it's easy for people to assume that adding more and more layers of technology, more and more sort of automations, it seems almost like dehumanizing. That's going to make it harder to really empathize. But I think there are certain ways you can use AI to actually increase the levels of empathy you can possibly have for a customer. Like you can use AI to find out stuff about customers, to draw connections that a human brain just won't be able to do. Imagine a CMO that um, leverages resources today that they have to create a task for it that just plainly informs their AI, um, whatever tool they're trying to use, uh, their generative AI specifically, I'm talking about ChatGPT or any other, uh, and they're spending just a little bit of time, right? Just using their resources to actually start prompting AI about the content they've already created and saying, if I were to deliver this today in this region of the map of the planet, how does this land? What are the nuances that are happening right now? Uh, and it can pick up, you know, it's in three seconds, this machine is scouting the World Wide Web uh, and giving you information that we didn't have right now at that it would take us days possibly, uh, and we would never get it as accurate. So you absolutely, the predictive analysis and the emotional analysis that it has and the capabilities that it has to actually scout your content and go, yeah, this is probably not going to work right now. Or you're using Brazilian Portuguese for Portugal Portuguese. That's not the same in dialect. All these little nuances that we, because we're obviously biased and we are, you know, we're limited in our capacity. It is not, right? I mean, I mean, it's it's limited in right now what, what it's learning, but we're informing it. So it's getting, it's getting smarter by the minute. And so um, if we continue, if we started to do that, if we made it a practice, that to me is activating empathy immediately um, at the at the CMO level and trickling that down and informing and teaching uh, the organization, the marketing organization, to just take those very few minutes and run your ad by AI or ask it to prompt the questions and asking, does this mean something different than I thought to my to my audience? What else could it mean to my audience? If I elevate this content to executive level, what does it look like? How does it change? What are the angles that I need to think about? I mean, there's so many capabilities right now that um, that it's enabling empathy through AI. Definitely, definitely. And I think as well, being empathetic about how you present the prompts as well produces better better results at the end of the day. Um, like if you asked, a, asked ChatGPT, for example, just to write me an article that engineers will like, that's... They'll spit something out. It might they be, will. yeah, it might be okay. You might just shut it up on the blog and think nothing of it. But if yep. you ask ChatGPT or any kind of generative AI, say something like, write me an article for engineers who are going through specific problems and I want to present these kinds of solutions to them and I want it to be appealing to people in this kind of business situation, adding these extra layers of empathy, almost like teaching the AI to have empathy for the audience is the you way are, to go when it comes to You are to absolutely this. teaching it. And it's uh, the relationship that I have with my AI. You know, it sounds weird to say it, but I do have a relationship with my AI. I have built that relationship 
it is exactly that. It knows, you know, I've, I've prompted it so many different ways and I've, and it knows now and I inform it and I thumbs it down and thumbs it up and I explain why. And I, you know, I have that. I take the time to do that because this new technology is new and the power that we have today to begin to inform it. Um, I always say that technology doesn't make us better or worse than what we are. It makes us more of who we are. And so if we endeavor to be empathetic, we're going to make the world more empathetic uh, through this new technology. So uh, I think I, I know actually it, one of the, top, I, I, I always talk about the top storytelling skill sets based on trends. Uh, and for 2023, I actually uh, used research. Research is going to be one of the top, tell, uh, it is already uh, a necessary skill for CMOs, for marketers, for communicators, creators all around, uh, storytellers all around. Uh, it's research, researching, taking time to develop those researching skills with this new technology that I said hand today. Definitely, definitely. And and that research is going to be so important because we can't just rely on third-party cookies and stuff to just do all the placements for us anymore. Like you have to be able to develop this in-depth understanding. And if you don't have access to loads and loads of first-party data, say you're in fairly early stage company or your company hasn't been very good at collecting that data historically because you've relied on third-party, yeah. that being able to do that effective research to really get to understand your customer is going to be absolutely essential until you actually get to that point where you have all that first party data, but doesn't mean you should stop researching then. Like have both, do both. At have the end both. Of the day. And talking about both, the counterpart of um, empathy is actually getting your audience to empathize with you mm-hmm. as the entity, as the brand. How do you do that? Uh, we usually, when social media came out, we talked a lot. It was trendy to say, humanize the brand, humanize the brand, meaning uh, sound like a human on social media. Taking that step further today with all the things that we are talking about today here, uh, the technologies and the environments and the, the social constructs that exist today in the rapid movement uh, of the environments, um, you know, our, we know very well that our consumers are trying to now have a relationship, befriend the brand, and they're seeing the brand as an entity. Entity. Uh, they're seeing it as a, a person, really, that you know was born. It has friends and foes. It's evolving. It has a voice. Uh, it has stance, uh, and it, they actually expect it to have a stance. Even it could be political stance, a social stance, environmental. All these kind of nuances that are now part of the brand and the brand love that you know that our that our consumers want to connect with, and they will vote with wallets. They will pay for that relationship versus the product itself, right? So consider the product, the product may be really good, but if if the brand I'm buying the product from does not align to my political views, I will not purchase that product. I will, I will boycott that product. And so there's all these nuances to consider and empathy from our audience looks a lot more like vulnerability from the brand. There is a balance in vulnerability, I talk about that a lot because like, wait, you want the brand to look vulnerable? Yes, and uh, there are levels of, of that because we don't want to look weak. We want to look strong to the brand, to the consumers as well. But there is opportunity to show up in our human factor. And we saw that, especially during the pandemic. And I think we can leverage the pandemic, um, you know, what, the, what happened there and the learnings there to continue on the trend of getting our audiences to re- reminding our audiences that behind that brand, there are humans working, there are people, there are mistakes being made, there are fears, uh, there's ambiguity and all these other things. And, and that was part of actually what I began to do at Microsoft in these, you know, we, we created a blog series uh, that was not intended that way. And then it became 
really, you know, it, it became very powerful. We actually extended it to a six block series. It was supposed to be just one blog. Uh, and it was just about the, we called it the pitfalls and the pitfalls and the bruises of going of operationalizing the cloud. And it was just an incredible engineer who dared to talk about, you know, what his own personal perils were. Uh, and it became so popular because, you know, nobody really talks about that. We always talk about the successes, right? So uh, the brand itself I'm talking about. So allow yourself this vulnerability and this human factor while the machines do the machine things, you know, let the robots be robots and let's get a little bit more human. Definitely, definitely. And that the humans behind the brand, I think they're so important because at the end of the day, that is how you make that emotional connection between customer and the brand it is the actual people there but in order for the people to actually be the kind of i keep saying people um but to be the people that other people want to connect with i'll try and think of a better way to phrase that but yeah i get it <laughs> Thank, thanks mary thanks thanks um yeah they have to be empathetic people behind the brand as well like you don't form an emotional connection with someone that can't empathize with you you can't empathize with them so it's a two-way street there so when it comes to instilling this kind of culture of empathy, like I love how that should, you use that word. Thank you, thank you. Um, how should CMOs go about go about that kind of process? Like, where do they start in terms of bringing empathy into sort of the brand culture? And I, again, the word was you 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 took it right out of my mouth because the answer is culture. I actually have seen that you know in many many ways in many ways a CMO is now becoming the chief culture officer. You know, uh, and and the reason for that is at the at the CMO level there is an expectation and our responsibility uh, to really drive what brand love means uh, internally first and then externally and really showcase that to employees who are customer zero. And so it, I think the opportunity here is to assess what is happening today within the company? Things as small as what does your brand mission say today? Does it is it still something that you know was written ten years ago, twenty years ago, and on the about us section of the company you know uh, website? And does people do people know it exists? Can they recite it? Is there opportunity to look at that mission and actually add a, a word that emphasizes emotion? I'll give the example of Microsoft again back you know seven years ago when Satya Nadella joined as CEO. Uh, you know, before that, our mandate, our mission was to put a PC on every desk in every home. Uh, and then he set out with his new CMO, uh, Chris Capasella, who I love, um, to actually rewrite that mission. And it became to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. And power being that key word that actually speaks of the past. You know, we empowered the world with the PC. Um, the future, we want to empower people. Uh, and it's the active word that is that empathy factor. Uh, it's that feeling, right? People know what it feels like or not to be empowered. And so what is that word? What is that What is that word that ties your brand to that feeling that sets your, that sets your people in motion to do what they're going to do? I wake up every day to go empower something and someone. That's my mandate if I'm sitting here at Microsoft, right? And so it starts with even that at the, the base, basic level, reassessing, looking at where your brand stands today and how your people in, in, that, in the marketing organization see that. Uh, and if it takes to, to rebrand, if it takes to whatever you need to do to elevate uh, and make sure that everybody is aligned to that mission and then living out that mission from the inside out. I think that's the very first idea. Um, having the, cult, the culture, I mean, we can talk about culture all day long, but the culture really is 
about getting your people to buy uh, internally, your employees and, and, and your partners uh, to really buy on this brand idea, on this brand love that you want to create, how to get there, what it takes to get there. Um, and, and whatever it takes, I mean, every organization is different in how they approach the subject and how they deliver that. I Microsoft, I'll give, I'll give the example, uh, Chris Capucilla, when he took on this role of CMO, he endeavored after this mission was written out, he really endeavored to ensure that everybody understood what that meant um, from the top down and from the bottom up. He created ways to connect, uh, you know, to the CMO, ask me anything sessions. I mean, uh, he started podcasting. He started, he, he got really involved in the, what looks like minutia work with, with people but it really wasn't because he was he was being the face of culture in in turning around what we what was once were this you know this uh tech giant into no we are now existing to empower and to, to do that it's big but it, you know here we are uh we became you know a very powerful force and now today clearly uh, compared to tech giants of, of same era that are no, no longer here or no longer leading the market uh, you can see how that can really uh, change and can help lead a company uh, so they can lead in the market definitely i mean it has a huge impact on a company the size of microsoft but it has an equally important role in tiny brand new startups that kind of mission that kind of passion like startups like that's those are the jobs where people are going to have to work longer hours. They're going to have to put their nose to the grindstone. They're going to, have to move out of their comfort zone and do roles that maybe they're not trained for, maybe they're not comfortable with. But but if they're instilled with this passion, this empathy for the customer, for the mission they're trying to do, it means they're going to show up. They're going to they are. put more effort in. They're going to be more creative if they're in a, in a role that's more creative. But they can be more creative in other parts of the uh, in um, the business like it's not just marketing that needs creatives no. and passion it's it's every other department it's customer success it's customer service it's product it's sales it's every single aspect of a business needs to be aligned with this ultimate mission and having a mission that inspires people that has a kind of purpose behind it and um, even if it's just a minor thing to improve someone's lives like i always think that's going to do more than just saying oh we're going to go out there and sell lots of things to all these people for making more money kind of thing like giving a per an actual reason for people to show up every day it's incredibly important in this day and age not just in terms of keeping your current talent working better but attracting the kind of talent that you want to the business yeah absolutely and and to that point you know uh, rebranding, it doesn't mean rebranding your logo. It, re it means rebranding your people. For, for us, Chris endeavored to actually create an entire council and a group um, worldwide, a team of storytellers. Uh, we started, you know, with I don't know how many, maybe a dozen. Uh, today we have, of course, we're a huge company. We have over 4,000 storytellers worldwide, people that it, be it became community building. And so people, whoever believes in, and he was like, you're everybody's a storyteller. You talk about finance and operations and customer service and customer success. They are storytellers in their own field. And so he endeavored to bring these communities together uh, and, and actually leverage this the space to uh, instill that that idea of what is storytelling. How do we tell the story? Uh, what skill sets do we need to tell a story? And really empower people. Self learning. Uh, we actually have and uh, we have a summit every year. People come to headquarters uh, and we bring people. So there was this again culture building around uh, empowering internally people to engage with the idea that we tell stories about the brand because brand storytelling is not just 
telling stories. It's actually the the narrative of brand, right? And it starts with the, you know the army of employees. And so if you empower them and they're living out the culture, they're living out and they believe in this mission, they're going to be telling the story, especially in their own verticals. Uh, and it's going to get around people. People that talk and get you know at every customer checkpoint uh, in the customer journey, they're going to see this thread that everybody's talking the same language, everybody is living the same, uh, you know, the same um, mission out loud. And so that to me is powerful. So if you're a CMO, you don't, you know, what, in what ways can you create community where people feel connected? It doesn't have to be just obviously marketing. Uh, I would invite every vertical to come be part of this community where Thoughts and ideas are exchanged. Questions are being asked. And it's not just to solve. You don't have to solve anything. You have to just understand. I'm really glad you brought up um, like formal task force forces and programs. Um, like just to share a bit of background about myself. Like I've always thought of myself as being a big supporter of diversity, equity, and inclusivity, like all through my career. But my current role, my job at the Alliance is the first time I've been in a company that has a formal DEI task force. And okay. it has caused me to think again about like how certain messaging comes across or how I'm presenting certain ideas. Obviously on CMO Alliance, we cover a lot of stuff that can apply to a lot of different things when it comes to issues around gender, issues around LGBTQ+, even issues yes. around um, economics or ethnic backgrounds. Yes. And having that task force caused me to think again when I'm putting out certain ideas, to think again about how I'm presenting certain messaging or who I'm reaching out to for certain content, that kind of thing. Whereas previously I thought, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm all a big fan of diversity. I don't need to really think twice about this. But having that formal process, it's, it's not something I have to do. I'm not told I have to go to DE&I every time like we're touching on certain subjects, but it's something that causes me to think again and causes me to get another look on things when I think it does need another look, that kind of thing. And it's turned out it's really great results. We produce some great content by working closely with those kinds of formal programs. And I think it's easy to dismiss them and be like, oh, we don't need that. I only hire people who are empathetic. We don't need to train people to be empathetic. But having these programs in place frames the way that people think about these processes. Yeah, you're absolutely becoming an empath more and more when you go to the places where you are, uh, you know, it's a, a space for you to reflect on what else is out there versus what I think I know uh, and listening and understanding how this impacts other people that we may not consider. We don't know, right? We don't, we don't know. We want to, we want to know, we think we might know, uh, but we don't. And so when you create that space, we have a lot of, um, you know, I, I've created a lot of listening spaces for me. Uh, we have storytelling hours every Friday and we just listen to the field. Uh, when things come from worldwide comms or marketing and they're like, Hey, it sounds really great up here, but our customers are saying this, you know, you don't have to get wait until the end of the year to do that customer service, right? Or, uh, you know, get 2% return. The field can tell you. And so in, involve the field, the salespeople, they're frontliners, they're, they're you know, face-to-face -face with customers. They can enable that space. That is becoming an impact. That is understanding and sensing those emotions of things that are happening outside uh, so that you can really create something that is relevant. And if you can't create, at least let them know you're 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 understanding you you're hoping to understand that alone i mean we know very well at the ba basic level 
customers sometimes just need to be heard. They just want to know that they're being heard and nothing needs to be solved right away, but just, hey, we're listening and we're, we're trying to understand and we're hoping to understand better. So yeah, you have applied, you know, empathy in that way. And I hope a lot of um, you know, today we have so many ways to create community, such as DEI uh, communities, uh, all kinds of different ways that we can create spaces, intentional spaces uh, for listening and understanding alone. Definitely, definitely. Mary, I, th- I feel like we've covered a lot here, both from like connecting with the customer and sort of engaging the internal teams. Let's see if we can break things down to some golden rules for how okay. CMO should be uh, approaching empathy. How should they be training themselves and maybe how should they be training their teams as well? Yeah, great, great question. So, you know, from practical standpoint, when when a lot of a lot of CMOS have implemented uh, this idea of integrated marketing communications, you know, that was a method methodology that was introduced, uh, and and it works because obviously it brings in different sides of the houses to deliver whether it's a campaign, internal, external, uh, you know, ads, whatever, whatever you're trying to do in your strategy for lead generation. Um, I have talked about a, a reimagined integrated marketing approach where uh, exactly what we're saying, bringing other sides of the house that you may not have before, creating a structure, a map that helps you understand what the consumer, what the customer is, or the potential customer uh, needs to go through, right, in this lead generation process. What is it today versus what it was before uh, with all of these nuances that we're talking about? Um, Kind of reassessing what that process that you have today in place is to understand the, mar- the marketing journey today. Um, I talk about using design thinking and I talk about those five steps. Let me let me break those down for you. The first one is to empathize. Empathize again with yourself. Start with your brand. Start with where it's at, what it needs to do, how it needs to do it to become that entity that the customer is uh, is you know wanting to be friends with and then empathize with your customer. We already covered that. The second one is to define. Again, you can define your mission. You can rewrite your mission. Define how that mission today is going to apply with all the given uh, nuances that and flavors and, and where you're headed with your own priorities of your company, of your bottom line. Uh, priorities change over time. So wherever your company is pivoting or not, uh, what that bottom line looks like, define that in marketing in the marketing space from an empathetic perspective. Put it through the ringer, ask people around and say, how do we look at this? Uh, it is what we're doing today, working for the future. Basically define that. Um, then you have, so you have um, empathize, define, you have ideate. Um, allow a space for creativity only with no end, re- not knowing gold. You know, it doesn't have to be like everybody has to come out with a campaign out of this. Just let your people create. Uh, and you will get those ideas come through. You will get the conversations happening. Whatever that looks like. We did, it, like I'm talking about storytelling office hours. We do creative hours. Uh, I opened a, a LinkedIn group with some partners that were key partners in our space. And I created with them and I said, hey, we're working on this uh, idea, working on this on the story, on this brand story. What do you think? Leaving that open space. And, you know, your customers are your fan. That's why they're your customer. They'll talk, right? And so invite some people. It doesn't have to be a thousand people. It doesn't have to be. It could be three people. But even that enables the practice of ideation. Just Let's just ideate for ideation's sake. Let's just create for creating's sake. 
that inspires, that gets people's juices flowing, that gets ideas going without the pressure of it has to turn into a campaign, it has to turn into an ad. You can just let let that be. So you ideate, then you have prototype and test. And that's just this idea that allows people to do pilots. Right. As a CMO level, you can say, hey, you know what? We can do a little mini hackathon. We're going to have a hackathon season. We did that at Microsoft and worked out well, where you can just submit ideas and see what's viable for the business. And then, you know, people get rewarded uh, for new ideas that that we implemented. So let people create without the pressure of the bottom line to see what can come up, because a lot of times we are so obviously we're so uh, gone ho about what needs to happen, what we need to deliver versus what I could create when I don't have that pressure. And so for, for us, it's worked so well uh, in inspiration, inspiring and keeping our community uh, alive and connected and engaged. We've moved away from productivity to engagement, and that has really changed the culture. Fantastic. I, I love that five-step process. It sounds amazing. I, I, I definitely, yeah, definitely aligns with like how I see like work needs to work within marketing or, or within a business as a whole like it's not just within sure. marketing this this framework works um so mary um one last thing are there any further resources that we want to um turn cmos onto you meant you mentioned your book and there was another book that you'd read as well is there anything um, do you want to remind the audience of what those are and anything else that you think uh cmos need to be looking into for this topic yeah, absolutely. So yes, my uh, my book, Brand Storytelling, uh, and it's exactly what I talked about in more in depth and with actual examples as well. I gave some examples of Microsoft, but I've also obviously worked with other brands and so, you know, Coca-Cola, Disney, NASA. So I do give some examples of that. And especially through the pandemic, this is the second edition. So it really talks about the post-pandemic era, the during pandemic, post-pandemic, and, you know, futuristic ideas. It also has a workbook, which I think people, when the first edition came out, there were begging for the workbook. How do I, I would look logo workbooks. So I included that. So yeah, it's exciting for me to uh, launch this book. It actually just launched uh, at the end of July. So, um, and then uh, Hit Refresh was from uh, Satya Nadella, CEO at Microsoft. Uh, I love that book for this very idea that he personally talks about refreshing the brand, uh, refreshing what we came to do. Uh, and it's that button we have to press, you know, press that button. Uh, don't be afraid of what comes out of that. And a lot of times we're comfortable and we think it's, you know, it's, it's not broken. Uh, let's not fix it. But again, under this new idea of empathy, senses, understands, uh, and shares the emotions of your audience. And your audience is internal as a CMO, starting with your own uh, your own team and your organization, and then external to your customers, your potential customers. And that will add to society because brands today have a responsibility to society. So you have that extra public, um, you know, external audience that sometimes we don't consider. So there's so many layers that we can work through. And the more empathetic we get and the more understanding we get from these practices, I promise you the, you know, you won't have a lot of questions around what my customer needs, because you will be working to understand that more and more. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mary. I've really enjoyed today's conversation. As I said at the top of the episode, like we have a lot of assumptions around what empathy means about like how it works within our own selves even. So I, I think this has been a really, really interesting conversation to have about, about really leveraging the power of empathy and also training yourself to do it. It's not just something that you have or you don't have. Like There is a lot that you can do to sort of build those skills up. It's a muscle. It is. Yeah, it so. is. And th thank you, Will, for having me. I do for everyone who's listening, every CMO, you know, it's it's hard. I know it's not easy to drive an organization at that level. 
I understand the quotas. I understand, uh, you know, the leads and, and everything that is attached to that. But take the practice, uh, take begin to practice moving those away from you. Again, the bottom line and, and, and it exists and is there. But if you just move it away for a moment and just kind of strip yourself to the individual level and the power that you have today to change an entire organization from the bottom down. You are the chief culture officer today. You can be if you want to, and people are looking to you to do that with the brand mandate, with the brand love that you can create. Uh, it is exciting times for CMOs today. It's not easy, but uh, you know, great responsibility, right? So um, enjoy it, have fun with it. Um, you know, it, it all comes down to people, right? And so uh, people are looking to you as the CMO to drive this culture in today's world where not only do they love the brand because you're instilling this inspiration, but your customers always come to love the brand as well. Oh, you, you hear that audience? That is a great CTA to end on there. Thank you very much, Mary. That's a great message. And I think it's a great thing that the whole audience needs to take away and, and really consider about how they're approaching marketing these days. So um, I'm sure they appreciate it as well. So I want to thank our audience as well for listening. We'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Like what you heard in this CMO combo? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.